Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. It has been a week. Guys, so much has happened. So much has happened since we last connected. Holy Toledo. So here's the very abbreviated version of the story now that we're kind of on the other side of it. So as you guys know, I think I told you this, uh, Last Thursday was uh, my grandmother's funeral, and it was so awesome to be with extended family and celebrate my grandmother and all of those things, and I had some family that stayed in town the next day, so Friday, we had Roman's first swimming lesson in the morning, which was awesome. He loves the water, so that was fun, and uh, then I just had family around, and we hung out. We went out to dinner. We came back to the house. I put Roman to bed. Everything was fine, right? The adults, myself, Chris, my mom, her husband, my aunt, two of my other cousins, one of whom is a doctor, that'll be relevant in a couple minutes, we're just sitting at the table playing cards, and I have the baby monitor in front of me, and Roman's just tossing and turning. He's restless, but he's he's asleep, and uh, you know if he's unhappy in his crib, you know it. And he wasn't crying, he wasn't screaming, he wasn't standing up, he was just tossing and turning. And I'm like, we've had a couple of really long days. We were out of town for the funeral and the mercy meal and the wake and time in the car and then you know people here all day today plus a swimming lesson, like kids probably exhausted. So I'm, I remarked a few times about like, gosh, you just can't settle in. But again, no fussing, no crying, no nothing. So about three hours after I put him down, around 10 o'clock at night, I go up there to give him a bottle, which either I do or Chris does almost every night, just to help him kind of stay asleep a little bit more soundly through the night. Well, I go up there at 10, everybody's still playing cards around the table, and I pick him up and he's like burning hot. And I immediately call Chris up and I'm like, does he feel hot to you? And Chris is like, no, he feels fine. But (laughs) it didn't matter to me what he said at that point because I knew he felt hot. So I grab the thermometer. I check his temp rectally, which matters because, you know, in in babies, oral and under the arm aren't aren't very accurate. Most of the time, uh, or not oral, but forehead uh, or, you know, any kind of skin temp. And it, it gets up over 103. And it's like going up and up and up over 103. And at that point, I'm like, I don't care. I don't need to see what the number is. Like, we've, we've got a high fever here. Pull the thermometer out. And I carry him downstairs to get some Tylenol. And I'm thinking in my head, 
don't panic. It's good. Let's give him some Tylenol. We'll wait 30 minutes. We'll recheck the temp and we'll assess from there. Now, I'm not a panicker in general, but given our history with Dagny and how everything was fine, 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 not fine, and then she was gone, uh, there's definitely a, like a, a much greater sense of, of nervousness with Roman. Of course. I don't feel bad about that at all. So I go to get the Tylenol and I get the syringe and I start to give it to him and he immediately starts throwing up. Like not throwing up the Tylenol, but like really, really throwing up. So I'm like, okay. And I pick him up to walk over to the sink because I'm going to get a cold cloth, like a cool cloth. And he like won't stop throwing up. So then I'm thinking, I can't get Tylenol in him. And we, at this time, didn't have, like, the infant suppositories for Tylenol or anything like that. Long story short, he's super, super hot. He's throwing up and he's not responding normally. And I'm like, I'm not playing. I'm not, I'm not waiting around to, you know, get other people's opinions. My cousin was like, you know, we can drive him to the hospital. And I'm thinking, we absolutely can. But I don't want to be trying to clear vomit from his mouth in a moving vehicle while he's sitting up, you know. So I called 911. I have never done that. You know, when, when Dagny died, um, we just brought her in to get checked for dehydration, kind of on like a very casual, like maybe you should do this by our, by our pediatrician. Um, and, and so there was never like a, an emergency at home kind of situation. And so... But I did ride in the ambulance with Dagny uh, because when we moved from where we were to Boston Children's, we went via ambulance. So I'm, I'm getting in the ambulance with Roman and, and Chris is getting in the car to follow behind with my cousin, who's a doctor, but not a pediatrician. And um, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm doing this again. And I'm trying for Roman to be super, super calm and just like really good, happy, calm energy. But of course he's not happy and he's not calm and he's clearly, you know, extremely uncomfortable. Uh, but I'm trying not to conflate two things. And the crazy part was, so this was on March 4th, Friday, March 4th, which is exactly two years from the day that I went to that exact hospital to have Dagny. She wasn't born until early, early on the 6th, but like, you know, what are the freaking chances? So anyway, we get there and like, oh, we just need to give him some Tylenol. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Good luck. So they try to give him Tylenol. He throws up again. Then they gave him anti-nausea meds. We waited a while, and then they were able to get him Tylenol. And we ended up going home, like, I don't know, maybe six, six, seven hours later. I don't know, hours later. Um, and then the next day, kind of the same thing happened. His fever went up. Uh, I couldn't get the Tylenol in him. Earlier that day, I had gone out looking for suppositories, but they only had them for three to six years old, and they didn't – I went to, like, multiple places. They didn't have them for – babies. So I'm like, Chris, oh, and then the other thing was I felt like his hands and his feet were getting discolored, like kind of purplish, bluish. Uh, Chris and I disagreed on this as well, but <laughs> he was wrong about the fever. And so, you know, there's just like a mama knowing, right? So at that point, he, he didn't seem uncomfortable or distressed. His fever wasn't anywhere near as high as it was the night before, though he still had a fever. So I'm like, okay, let's drive to the hospital this time. So we're driving, but as I'm thinking about it, like the discoloration in his hands and feet is really stressing me out. So I call 911 again, second time in my life, uh, in, and then it happened to be in the same 24-hour period. And uh, 
they were going to like meet us kind of so that we didn't have to stop. They were going to meet us en route to the hospital, which they're like pull over at this particular church. So I'm like, oh, crap. And the reason I felt that way was because that's the church where my mom works. And she was at my house the night before and, you know, she went through the ringer with us with Dagny. So it was very sensitive for her as well. So as we're like pulling into this church parking lot and the ambulance is pulling in, it's right as mass is getting out on Saturday afternoon. And I'm like, my mom is going to see my car and the ambulance and she's going to like lose years off of her life. But, you know, I, I get Roman and I go in the ambulance and this particular crew of uh, EMTs, I think they thought I was a little like nutty. And they were like, oh, one of the guys was like, oh, was there a call to your house last night? I'm like, yep, same, same situation. And when we were at the hospital the night before, they drew blood and all this other stuff. Um, you know, the, the flu, RSV, all of those things they tested for and then did blood work as well. Uh, and the, the, the woman EMT is like, well, you know, their hands and feet can get a little discolored if they're cold. And I'm like, He's not cold. First of all, he has a fever. Second of all, we had him fully dressed at home. It's not like we had him out running around in the snow with no. So anyway, I feel like she thought I was just a little like overreactive. And I'm really not. I'm not. I know it might sound like this, but I'm really not an overreactive parent. Um, So anyway, now here we are. I'm recording this on Wednesday uh, he first got sick on Friday night. He's had much, 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 much better days. Uh, today we didn't have a fever at all. We didn't have any vomiting. Uh, we did manage to get the suppositories because when my mom saw the ambulance and my car in the church parking lot, she's asking my husband, like, what can I do? What can I do? And I told Chris, I was like, send her to the moon to get the suppositories that we need because his nausea just wasn't allowing him to take the Tylenol. So she sets off calling basically everybody in our family, like, this is what we need. We need a 120 milligram, you know, acetaminophen suppository. <laughs> so she was set to work. Um, but once we had that, it was a lot easier to manage. But I basically had like four days of just holding him, not putting him down, not sleeping at all, not one wink. Uh, and that happened to be over Dagny's birthday. So for those of you that are new to the show, um, our daughter Dagny uh, died, well, was born on March 6th, 2020, and died on March 20th, 2020, very unexpectedly. And uh, so, yeah, like the, we're going through this with him um, on the, on her, what would be Dagny's second birthday. So that was also another like kind of heavy, hard thing. Turns out a virus, Roe had a virus, has a virus, and Chris and I do as well. I'm fine. Chris is fine. Roman is doing so, so much better. But uh, anyway, let's get on with it, shall we? Shall we? I just had to share that with you because a couple of you reached out and were like, you haven't been, you know, as active in our Facebook group. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> facts. Here's why. So there's the update. Rose, good to all of you who kind of knew what was up. Thank you for your prayers. You guys are just like the most incredible community of people. And I feel so fortunate to have you as part of my my primal potential family. Okay, a couple things before, I, I wanna make sure this is on your radar before we get into the fantastic questions and topics that you guys sent in. Of course, if you have a question, if you have a topic, make sure you tell me, I want that, I relish that, because this show does not exist for me, this show exists for you. On March 17th, that's a Thursday, Thursday, March 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern time, I am doing a live training on creating consistency and accountability for yourself and 
because it's live, I'm going to stick around until every single question is answered. So it's a great opportunity if you want to kind of be there live, real time, and have any questions. It's a great thing to do. You do have to register. A replay will only go out if you're registered. So that link is going to be in the show description, okay? The show description is not on my website. It is not on primalpotential.com. It's on whatever app you're listening on. So me personally, I listen in Spotify. If I'm in Spotify and I'm, you know, listening to the episode, I can swipe up, just scroll up, and that show description is going to be there. If you're in Apple Podcasts, you swipe up on the show artwork when you're listening to that episode and you'll see it right there. So there'll be a link for your opportunity to register, to join me, talk all things consistency, all things creating accountability. Um, And also we're going to talk about uh, my action and accountability mastermind group that starts in April. So I'm going to be talking about the details of that. Space is limited. um, So if you want to get the details and hear and see if that's like a good fit for you, make sure to grab that link that is in the show description, register, put it on your calendar, March 17th. That's a Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Also, if you want to get on the wait list, for the Action and Accountability 12-Week Mastermind, that link is going to be in the show description too, okay? If you have any questions about how to find those links, DM me on Instagram, at Elizabeth Benton on Instagram, or email me, elizabethatprimalpotential.com, and I will help you. Today, in honor of the fact that I have not slept in uh, multiple days, (laughs) happily, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, Making sure Roman is okay is a much higher priority for me than sleep. But in honor of that, we are giving away my favorite all-natural, not-bad-for-you sleep aid. Uh, I'm obsessed with this. Every time I talk about it, I get tons of questions because this is an all-natural sleep support supplement that does not contain melatonin, and that's a great thing because melatonin is a hormone. And when you supplement with melatonin, you can suppress your body's ability to produce it. And I don't like to play with suppressing my body's ability to do things that it's supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? So it works really, really well. I actually have some in front of me right now as a reminder to myself to take it as soon as I finish recording this because then I am going to bed with hopes of getting a great night of sleep. So that is what we are giving away today and we'll announce the winner at the end of the show. Really, really simple way to win. Just leave a review of this podcast on whatever platform you're listening, okay? That's how you can enter to win. All right, I feel like we've been chatting forever now. We haven't even gotten to one of your questions. But I, again, want to thank all of you who share things you want to hear about, questions that you have, topics you want to hear me weigh in on, because this is your show. And and a lot of the topics that came in tonight are not things that I'm an expert on, but people just wanted to hear my take. Like one of the things is about um, like all the negativity in society right now. I'm not an expert in that, but I can certainly give my opinion. Another one is about introverts making new friends. And I am not an expert in making new friends, but I am an introvert. So I'll share my opinion there. But first one's about a a kind of a keto question. It says, I'm confused about going keto, which forces your body to use fat as fuel, which can take weeks for your body to change and is pretty strict carb-wise, as opposed to following the golden rules which also burns fat, but you don't have to be as strict. Takes about a day to adapt. I'm confused about the differences between. And then it says, in your science episodes, you've said that your body can only do one thing at a time. So is my body truly just burning fat if I use the golden rules? 
or do I have to go into ketosis to force my body to burn fat? Okay, first of all, no, you do not have to go into ketosis to force your body to burn fat. There's so many points of this question that I want to clarify, but I want to start there. You do not need to be in a state of ketosis in order for your body to burn fat. What you can't have is a lot of sugar and carbohydrates available either in your system because you've consumed it recently. And a lot, when I say a lot, I don't mean a lot. Like it it really doesn't take much. But you also can't have an abundance of stored glycogen, which is the storage form of carbohydrates, in your muscle or your liver because your body is going to want to burn that first. So let's just say that you decide to do a 24-hour fast. And you think, well, for sure my body is going to burn fat. Not necessarily. Because if you are somebody who has either regularly had kind of a more high-carb diet, or maybe you haven't had a high-carb diet, but you regularly binge eat or you overeat fairly frequently, your body could very well burn through your your liver glycogen and your muscle glycogen and whatever's in your bloodstream and not get to the point of burning fat, right? So there's there's other nuances to this than just like, well, of course my body's going to have to burn fat. No, not necessarily. And the other thing that we have to remember is that your body will also compensate. So if you think that right, right now fasting is like this big, huge rage, and I and I love fasting, but I do believe it's also misused in some circumstances. So let's say you're like, well, I'm going to do a 24-hour fast just to jumpstart things. And you think, oh, okay, I eat really clean, so my body is, of course, going to burn fat. Well, your body is, of course, also going to compensate, right? It's going to know that you are consuming less fuel. There's less coming in. And so it's going to slow down. It's going to get more efficient. It's going to get more efficient in its fuel usage than if you were to eat regularly. So we could do an entire episode. I probably already have done entire episodes on how fat burning all, all like actually works. Uh, I think it's called something like the science of fat burning or the science of fat loss or something. You can go to primalpotential.com and search something like that and it'll come up. It's an older episode. Um, but you don't have to be in ketosis to burn fat. Think about all the people who lose weight on ways of eating that are nothing even close to ketosis, and I'm one of them. I've said this many times before. When I lost 130 pounds, I was not in ketosis because ketosis is not just high fat. It's high fat, it's moderate protein, and it's very low carbohydrate. Well, we have to remember that vegetables are carbohydrates. They're much lower in carbohydrate than, say, a Twinkie or a bowl of rice, but they are carbohydrates. And ketosis is very low carbohydrate. For some people, that might be 20 grams per day. uh, And for, and I'm talking total, not net. And for other people, it might, you might be a little more liberal and you could be in ketosis with like 45 or maybe even 50 if you're really fat adapted and, and more active. Um, But that's still not a lot of things like Brussels sprouts or cabbage or cauliflower. So I lost all my weight without being in ketosis. Uh, Even now, so I'm recording this on March 9th. I haven't checked my weight in a couple of days, but I was, you know, very, I have been very consistent with my nutrition. Uh, And since January 27th to March 7th, and I haven't, I haven't checked in a couple of days, 
I'm down 21.6 pounds and I have not been in ketosis. And I know because I've checked, I have the like finger, um, it's like testing your blood sugar with a finger prick, but it's just a different test strip that tests ketones. And I have not been in ketosis really hardly at all. Um, so you do not have to be in ketosis to burn fat. Now, the other part of it is the other part of this question is asking about the golden rules. If you have no idea what that's talking about, just make yourself a note, go back to episode 195. I explain it there. It essentially is about you're, you're having carbs, but you're having quality carbs, not too many of them. And you're having them at a time of the day where your body is less sensitive to them. So this question says, um, let me get back to the golden rules part. Uh, sorry, I'm like, there, there's a lot of, in your science episodes, you've said that your body can only do one thing. So is my body truly burning fat if I use the golden rules? The answer is, I don't know. And here's why. You could be in ketosis and still be overeating and not burn fat. Now, you could be burning the fat that you eat, but not the stored fat on your body because your body doesn't need to burn the fat on your body because it doesn't need that fuel. This is, this is something I go into in a lot of my like science of fat loss episodes. Your body doesn't allow fat burning from like your hips, your thighs, your belly because you've been so good lately. It dips into that fuel source if it needs it. So you could be eating in a way that is aligned with ketosis, but not ever requiring your body to dip into your stored body fat for fuel. So some people overeat, a lot of people overeat on ketosis because they're like, oh, I'm just going to have like heavy cream and stevia for dinner and I'm just going to have more cheese because I'm bored. Well, that's not going to work. And the same thing is true with the golden rules. Can I say like, oh, will you burn fat with the golden rules? I don't know. Because you could have like three strips of bacon and an avocado and eggs and, you know, all this stuff that is more than your body needs and not burn fat. So all of this to say, it's just more nuanced than that. It's just more nuanced than that. You can eat well and not lose weight because you're eating more than your body needs. All right. The next question is something that I'm not an expert in, but I can certainly give you my opinion. It says, how do I not get sucked in by the negativity in the world but still be active in society? Well, start looking at all the good that's happening in the world. I am always a little surprised when I hear people say things like, oh, the world is just so negative. It's actually really not. That is what gets the most airtime in the mainstream media because, you know, fear sells. If it bleeds, it leads. That They're very, very open about the fact that that is the way the news works. But if you look at it, there is a tremendous, tremendous amount of good happening in the world. I'm in this uh, mom's group on on Facebook that, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Lots of opinions in there, but like babies. Um, and the other day, somebody posted something about if a particular food was safe for her, I don't know, maybe like year one-year-old child. And she said, uh, I don't have the funds to purchase snacks, but this is what the shelter has provided and I want to make sure that it's safe for him. And honestly, like a thousand people probably chimed in asking for her Venmo, asking how they could support, asking how, and, and that's one example of probably seven trillion 
of really amazing things that are happening in the world. You just have to look for it. I, I am friends with Amy Porterfield, who has an incredible business podcast. If anybody is a business owner, like especially an online business owner, if you are not following Amy Porterfield, listening to her podcast, going through her courses, you're just missing out in a big way. Um, Amy Porterfield posted that one of the ways she heard to help families in the Ukraine was to book Ukrainian Airbnbs and, of course, not necessarily go to them at this time so that they are getting the money from renting out their whatever it is and they're, they're, they're getting income at this time when, when things are really tough. So people are booking Airbnbs all over the Ukraine just to provide financial support however they can. Guys, there is dramatically more good than there is bad. And if you feel like all you're seeing is bad or you're getting overwhelmed by the bad, do more good, observe more good, look for more good, turn off the news, right? We, we only need to be so informed. There is so much good. If you can't find it, go be it. Go be it. I just feel so freaking strongly about that. You know, the other thing that it makes me think of is there's this cliche thing that a a ship doesn't sink because it's in water. A sink, a, a ship only sinks if it lets the water in, right? So a ship can be surrounded by water, but it's not adversely affected by it unless it lets it in. Now, I am, I would say I'm an empath. Like, I feel... I, I saw a story about, um, it doesn't even matter. I saw a story when I was on Facebook and, and it made me, it made me sad. Like I felt for the people in the story, but here's the deal. If that is the only input that I have in say a, a 30 or a 60 or a 90 minute period, or if all the inputs that I have are sad, that's my fault. I have to go and expose myself to the good, either the good that other people are doing or the good that I am doing. If you feel like it's all bringing you down, it's all bringing you down, go do more good stuff. Go do more good stuff. Go. If you can't find it, go be it. Go bring it. Oi feel passionately about that one. Oh, this next one makes me laugh because, again, not an expert in this one. What is the best way for older introverts to make new friends? Honestly, I, I laugh because I'm an introvert and I'm always saying, like, I need to make new friends. But there is no best way because let's say that I said, join a CrossFit gym. Well, that might be a great way for me, but if you're like, I would never do that or if you think, well, I can't afford that, well, then it's not the best way right? Or if I said, um, go take a cooking class and you think, oh, that sounds like a miserable way to do it. It might be effective for a person that wants to take a cooking class, but it's not the best way for somebody that doesn't want to cook. So I would say it's got to be based on your interests. If you're a faithful person, go join a church, volunteer someplace. If you're an animal person, Go spend time with your pet at a dog park or go volunteer at an animal shelter or, you know, join a local dog walking group or dog training group. When I like to go to the canal by our house and in the nicer weather, there's always people who like there's these clubs. I don't even know what they're called, but there are these clubs where people just get together with their dogs and they go walk and do things. Now, if you hate animals like my mom, she's not a bad person, I promise, but she doesn't like animals. So, you know, it's a red flag. 
that would not be the best thing for her. So there is no best, but I think it has to do with you and your interests and have it be centered around your interests, but go do more stuff. This next one says, what do you think of nutrition response testing? Do you think tracking blood glucose levels several times a day will help one lose weight if choosing foods that don't spike blood sugar as much? Not necessarily, because as I said earlier, a lot of people eat healthy and overeat, right? Or, you know, what they believe to be healthy, but they're still overeating. So you could find like, hey, chicken thighs, don't, don't spike my, my blood sugar, but you also don't need four chicken thighs, so I think that it can help for people who are actively bringing down their blood sugar through that. That could be really helpful. But know that that's only one step, right? You, you've got so many other aspects of this. Your microbiome is at play in fat loss. Your movement is at play in fat loss. Your stress is at play in fat loss. Your sleep is at play. So it's impossible to say like, yeah, sure, track your blood sugar and you'll probably lose weight. Not necessarily. This next one says, how do you stay motivated to stay on track? You don't stay motivated. That is a myth. If, if you are relying on motivation, you are misunderstanding it. Go to primalpotential.com, search motivation. I've done like, I don't know, 412 episodes on that. Okay, we've got two more questions. I feel that I've been in a restrictive eating phase. It helped me lose 80 pounds, and I love the food. But every time I attempt to be less restrictive, the weight just piles back on. My addictive eating habit is right before bed, I reach for a treat. I don't want to put the weight back on. I just want to be fit, healthy, and not have any restrictions with my food. Well, what if you don't think of it as a restriction? I feel like this sounds like a question we've kind of talked about recently. So if this one has come up before, I don't... Maybe we have. I don't know. Anyway, um, I think maybe we did. But I'll say this. I, I'm pretty sure maybe last week we talked about this one. Don't see it as restriction of food. See it as standards that help you feel amazing, right? When I think about why I don't eat a, a sleeve of Oreos, which I've done many times in my life. Sorry for hitting the mic. I have many times in my life not only eaten a whole sleeve of Oreos, I've probably eaten a whole thing of Oreos in a day at times in my life when I was obese and depressed and, you know, a million other things. Not doing that is not a restriction I place on myself. It is a gift I give myself for health, for energy, for confidence, for a million other things. So I think the problem here is in seeing it as a restriction. And the other, the other part is, you know, if the, if, the, if the habit is right before bed, then, then have the discipline that you can have whatever you want to eat, but you don't eat before bed because you're just burdening your body at that point. So that can just be a simple thing. That's not a restriction. It's just a standard that you have for your health. Mindset. All right, this last one. Again, not something I'm an expert in, but more than happy to give my two cents. How do I begin to live in the moment daily? I have a few suggestions for this. All things that I've done personally that have helped me. Number one, don't multitask. And I don't mean ever for any reason. I mean, today I was feeding Roman and eating my dinner at the same time. That's multitasking. Ideally, I'd love to eat my dinner without feeding Roman, but at the same time, I don't want to wait to eat till after it goes to bed. So for now, there's going to be some multitasking. But have a practice of getting better at not multitasking, at multitasking less often, doing singular things more often, 
You know, don't have a conversation while you're watching a TV show. Don't be checking your email while you're eating your dinner, things like that. So don't multitask. That is a thing that can be helpful for living in the moment. The other is do more fun stuff. Do more things that make you not think about your phone, that, not, that make you not think about your job. Are you doing things that you just get fully immersed in? And that could be taking a new class. You know, I, I said last week, um, Roman started swimming lessons. I was absolutely fully present in that. It was easy to be fully present. I wasn't like, stop thinking about work. It was one of those things that makes you forget about the time or what you have to do next. And you can experiment and find new things like that. Maybe that's a dance class. Maybe it's a workout. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is for you, but start incorporating things that make you not wonder where your phone is or not think about, you know, the meeting that you had at work today. So again, not an expert in that, but those are my thoughts. All right, let's give away Sleep Plus, and then I'm going to take some <laughs> and head up to bed myself. The winner, uh, and forgive my voice, you guys. I feel better than I sound. I'm sure that it's mostly from being awake with Roe. The winner of Sleep Plus is Sarah13254. So if that is the screen name under which you left a review, thank you, thank you, thank you, Sarah13254, email me, elizabeth at primalpotential.com. Within 60 days of this episode airing, tell me you were the winner for episode 966. Include your mailing address, and I will send it to you no matter where in the world you live. All right, y'all, make it an amazing day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.